0: Makes me so happy to welcome Daniel Kwanzaa today on the Star Parent Podcast. He's a father, a high school teacher, a husband, and member of Verdun Community Church. And he's got an amazing story about his life with faith and what that means to him. Let's listen. Thank you. Today on the Star Parent Podcast, we have Daniel Kwanzaa. And I'm really excited to have you here today. Thank you for for taking the time. I'm actually really impressed by the both of us because we had scheduled an earlier time today to record and both of us kind of had like impromptu change of dinner plans with family. And we made that time for our family push things back and here we are now. And I feel really good about that. So thank you for being so flexible, Daniel.
1: Hey, it's it's my pleasure. I think uh, in that sense, we're probably very similar. Um, family comes first always. So. Yes. I think as parents, we we know flexibility is the name of the game.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It it just feels good to like go with the flow with that and and know that it's an unspoken unspoken rule, you know? (laughs) I I hope
1: that's a sign of good parenting. I'm hoping.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You never know. You'll never know, actually. I used to think, well, actually, I think this now, until your children reach about 30 years old, you really won't know about your parenting style, <laughs>
1: if it's paid <laughs> no. off or not. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I think you're very, very right. That's a, a, a scary proposition that I have to wait that long to get my feedback or get my returns, but that's okay. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a process, right? Like, um, Well, first of all, let's just give our audience a little bit of perspective. Um, I met Daniel yeah. years ago. We have a mutual friend, Veronica. And she introduced me to the Verdun Community Church, and I was running some non uh, pro, uh, some nonprofit programs in the, the basement. And every now, and then I would come across uh, Daniel or his brother Sammy, and whatever it was like a if it was a spaghetti dinner or uh, there's a I remember there was Pastor Billy was doing a wrestling. Thing. <laughs> oh
1: yeah! Oh yeah! We try for community engagement. That's for sure.
0: Exactly, exactly. So we would always, you know, uh, cross paths, and then also too with Sharon. Sharon's also another link to us. So, mm-hmm. um, you. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection with Verdun Community Church?
1: Yeah, um, I am a lifelong um, Verdun Community Church member. Um, And so I'll just say I'm, you know, a a high school teacher, a father, a husband, a father of two, as I'm sure we'll get into later. And um, I I spent a lot of time at the church. The the pandemic years shifted things for sure, but um, Verdun Community Church has been my home. Um, My parents have been members from before I was born. So I'm one of those people who, you know, I think I had the privilege of growing up in church, but also Mm. got to make my own choice about um, faith. Um, later on in my walk, right when you grow up, going to Sunday school and and going to church with your family, that part is kind of automated. It's there's mm-hmm. been no choice there. But when you you get to an age where you get to make your decision, uh, it makes it all the sweeter and the better. Um, and and that's when I really started to not just um, get more involved in church, but it made a, a bigger impact on my character, who I am as a person. So um, Verdun Community Church is a, an integral part of my life.
0: Wow, I've got goosebumps when you're saying that. How (laughs) old were you when you made that choice for yourself that you wanted to abide by the things that you had been taught and continue on growing?
1: Well, it's weird to put a time exactly. I'd probably say, if I'm really being honest, somewhere at 20 years old, maybe. (laughs) Um, Because I'd never left the church. I'd always attended. um, But in that, you know, beginning of CJEP, like starting college, um, I was always a, a, a faithful in attending, but I guess what I, if I'm being honest, my heart um, and my lifestyle mm-hmm. to a degree was, you know, not wavering, but it was, it was lukewarm, let's say, and, um, yeah. and, you know, I, if, uh, you know, let's, let's be honest, I, I partied a little bit, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know. And I was, so in that sense, I had a toe, a toe, um, a toe in and a toe out, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, and if I'm being really honest, uh, there was a party I went to once, uh, a New Year's party. And by that point, I'd slowed down um, and I started to question, like, what I really wanted in life. I was still young, um, but I guess because of my upbringing, like, I was able to realize early, like, what do I really want, kind of want in my life? And I, I was at a party and a, a big fight broke out and um, police were there and it was just ugly and, and nothing bad, nothing really bad came of it, honestly. In that sense, I, I it, it dodged being worse. But after that, it marked me like, where do I want to be? What do I want to, like, what do I want to surround my life with? What do I want my purpose to be? And um, so at about 20 years old, that was a big moment. And then after that, it was just steadily kind of like, Investing more time and effort into not just the church, but into like what does a Christian lifestyle look like? What does a Christian mm-hmm. um, faith really look like? What does a relationship with God look like? And uh, from there, it, it was not baby steps because mm-hmm. I already knew what it was about, but that's where it started to to grow. That's where my my relationship kind of turned on from just autom- automatic to you know me being an active participant.
0: Mm. Wow, that's that's rich. Um, what's coming up for me right now, because I was just thinking about, because, you know, obviously we are recording audio, so it's difficult for our listeners to see that you are Mm -hmm. from a biracial uh, family. And so growing up in, you grew up in Montreal, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. Growing up in Montreal, being biracial, uh, a part of the church, you're a teen, and you're deciding that you're, you know, doing your own thing and then 20s decide you want to go back and go to your faith how difficult mm-hmm. was that was there a pressure there to be something that you might have thought was you know a black male or was mm-hmm. uh, you know a white male? like did you have those issues at all
1: so you know it's a really good question and it's something i think about a lot and um, even in i guess christian circles it's a conversation. Um, because like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed. I'm, I'm biracial. I have a, a black father from Ghana and West Africa. And my, and my mom is uh, white, um, you know, mixed background of English and French and Scottish. And I don't know, I'm <laughs> melting pot of that <laughs> stuff. Um, but I grew up really more in the black community to, to be frank, right? Like I was mm-hmm. in English schools and more Caribbean friends. Uh, if you look at my, my My wedding party um me and my brother are the the lightest ones in it right and <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's not the be all and end all, but for me th- that part of it, I was more immersed in black culture um, mm-hmm. so uh, and it, and you know the the thing is that's not there's there's stereotypes about it. not every black person is the same. you know this, but um right. I, I did fall into some of the more stereotypical tropes and some of the and and some of those were good i I, I played a lot of basketball. I played competitively for a long time, so with that comes a certain lifestyle. So right. that was that was somewhat of um, you know it, it was it was conflicting in in that um, a lot of my friends that I developed in that kind of lifestyle. Once I really wanted to turn more to the Lord, it, some friendships changed and and yeah. to a degree for a time ended, right? Because it there's certain things, even if they're not like horrible things, just character wise, or just like what you value, you don't want to do anymore. You don't want to be a part of. And so, yeah, in that sense, it it did have an impact. And that wasn't so, but it was more in terms of like culturally, like what, Mm -hmm. what culture was going to, you know, become dominant in my life, you know? So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, th- those were those were definitely factors. And then even now, today in the church, especially with like recent events and um, in, in terms of like racial inequity or um, you know police violence, I, I'm very mm-hmm. much um, attuned to that. I, I follow it, um, mm-hmm. maybe almost to a fault. And um, I, I realize that it's something that for Black Christians are Christians of color. Um, that they, they have to deal with that maybe, you know, um, white Christians don't necessarily have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think, well, it could be a barrier for people. We have to always remember our identity comes first from Christ, at least I believe. Um, yeah. And so that in one sense is like a, that's my guideline. That's the, the thorough line. I have to always look to, um, but realize that, you know, not everybody's walk is the same and, and race has an impact in, in, our current society, you know?
0: Yeah. I love this outlook. You know, we are all energy and we're all children of God. And, you know, there's no discrimination in this realm, but we live in an earthly realm as well. And there is discrimination. There is reality of unjust, injustice. And it's like, how do we Bridge that gap between the spiritual realm and the natural realm and, and be joyful with both. And it just comes down to letting go and having faith and knowing that everything is working out for you. Everything is working out for you. Let's go back to Danielle. Absolutely. Oh gosh, yeah, I couldn't accept it any better. Um, if you can name three people in your life so far that have a major impact on you, and your faith? Who would they be?
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to be honest. I'm I'm very blessed in that I go to a small a smaller church. We're not like a, a mega church or anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's not a, a like hundreds of members. We're we're smaller than that. And I I've had the you know um, the honor I'd say of being close with my my current pastor um, when he was back like as a as a youth leader. Um, before he even turned into um, associate pastor and now senior pastor. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and Pastor Jamie and his wife, Pastor Julie, both have played a big life, a big mm. role in my life in terms of mentorship. And, and what I mean by that is, um, and I'll, it's something to me that's very important is um, I've taken correction from them and I've taken encouragement from them. Um, they've both been people that um, aren't afraid to tell me what I need to hear. And sometimes that's difficult um, when, it, when it comes in forms of correction. But it's, mm. awesome, uh, it's awesome that someone would care enough about you to tell you where you need to be careful or tell you where you need to change. Um, but they've also encouraged me so much in life and given me opportunities. Um, I also have wonderful parents. Um, yeah. Both my dad and my mom are, you know, they're very, very um, smart people, like beyond mm-hmm. just the church sense, but their faith mm-hmm. is so strong. So they leave an impression on me in that sense. They instill the work ethic, uh, the importance of academics, um, the importance of like taking care of family, um, but then obviously the importance of God. And if I, if I was to name a third, I mean, my wife, I, I, I couldn't neglect to say her, um, mm. even though, I, and I'm very close with my brother, but um, my wife, what I'll say in terms of impact is she has really taught me empathy um, and I think God, You know, supplied her as a wife for me or put her in my life, Mm. um, in that sense because she is just a naturally empathetic person. And when she turned to Christ, I think it just kind of like amplified that. And throughout the course of our relationship, we've been married for coming up on eight years. Um, but even before that, we were together for about five. And uh, she's had a, a marked impact on how I treat people and think about people. So those mm. those just off the top of my head would be my my pastors, my parents, and my wife.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and i I think I've met your wife in passing,
1: but i
0: mm-hmm. you spoke who spoke of it already, so yes, I agree with you major influence. Um, yeah <laughs> you, you would get
1: along with, you would get along with her. she is um, a, a radiant person, which I will say um, is in in our in our interactions I, is always what I get from you you have a very, uh, this This doesn't sound very Christian, but I think it is, you, have good vibe. you, <laughs> yes. always, you always radiate optimism and happiness.
0: Is it? Yes, thank you. I was actually going to ask about your vibes in the classroom, mm-hmm. and you're a high school teacher, and mm-hmm. so having your wife teach you empathy and having this faith of Christianity, how has that helped you as a teacher?
1: Oh, it's um, it's fundamental uh if I didn't have those things I don't know what I would have the teacher to be honest <laughs> uh, teaching is a is a strange profession in that you're kind of like on stage almost every day right you have <laughs> in my case a range of like 35 to 25 kids in front of me and you're charged with like you know educating them uh, and I teach high school um, so you're, you're getting all different sorts of kids. Every kid is in, has their individual story. Um, mm-hmm. Some need a little bit more care and some need a little bit less. And when it comes to the academic part, like the pedagogy, how you teach and what you correct and the feedback and that stuff, it, it's, it's honestly something I'm still developing. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of the interpersonal, um, it's, it's one of the things that I love the most about it and where I always try to bring God and bring empathy uh, and I think those are, you know, they go hand in hand in mm-hmm. how I interact with my students. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm definitely not Absolutely. perfect with it, but I yeah. think in terms of, you know, overall trying to think about what a kid might need and trying to make myself compassionate and with the most difficult kids to, you know, suppress the, the pride or ego as a teacher or the, the position you hold and realize that they're people, um, mm-hmm. and that you, you need to connect with them um, and that, you know sometimes they need discipline but sometimes they need you know a, a chance and um I think my my faith and my my wife have helped me to you know hopefully be a more considerate teacher
0: yes uh, I can only imagine um I was talking with a friend the other day about you know queer and transgender teens and mm-hmm. how you know support is super important during these 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 years. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever come across any challenges with your career so far in that perspective?
1: Yeah, I've. Um, I, I I I think I could say this without any trouble because I'm I'm not revealing any names. But I've I've had um, transgender students before, um, mm. and I, I think um, some uh, homosexual, if not queer, students um, and. For me, I find my role is always to make sure that they feel um, safe in my classroom Mm -hmm. uh, and safe uh, with me because the reality is I think even though we're in a a more progressive, a more um, loving society in some ways, um, the teenage world can still be very um, lacking in in understanding and Mm -hmm. there's there's still a lot of homophobia. There's still a lot of, you know, um, aggression and hate towards people who are different. Um, right. so for me, for those students, it's to, you know, make sure that I'm someone that, that helps and not hurts and, mm-hmm. um, to kind of be aware, um, of, you know, even putting aside for me, like sometimes not fully understanding, um, what they might be going through or, or, or what that might mean for them or what their life um and lifestyle might look like, but it's to make mm-hmm. sure that I, I, I never hurt and that where I can I could help, you know. So it, it, it is a real thing now. Actually just we had a um somewhat of a mini training and got some information on on students that fall somewhat under that umbrella. And to me it's really a a um something that I take seriously to look out for those that, you know, are are vulnerable. And I think mm-hmm. um a lot of them fall under the category that they can be, you know, susceptible to, to hurt from outside forces so I'm, I'm that's something I'm very conscious of very much yeah
0: about. well that's like I mean, it's brilliant because I mean that's what that's what's needed right now is just people to be to be more aware and to be more conscious of what's happening even myself like I'm just learning about this now and mm-hmm. it, it's really confusing but at the same time I have to be patient with myself for mm-hmm. shock it's it, it is shocking for me it's hard for me to mm-hmm. understand that you know, someone born in a certain body can feel completely different than mm-hmm. who they actually physically are. So it's it takes it takes time. Um, what's a I, I myth think, that you? Pardon me?
1: Sorry, sorry, I was just gonna just to add to that. I think I think the, at least in my experience so far, um, the thing I always have to lay aside is like my my ideology or my thinking or my beliefs um, might be a part or different. Or whatever it may be but that shouldn't indicate how i treat someone um okay. so i think like yeah i'm with you that it, there's so many new realities that uh, a new identities and 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 genders uh are are people you know, you know feeling that they're they're not a gender or non-binary whatever it may mm-hmm. be um and apart from my understanding i i think my my role in life is to love people is to care for people so you know, beyond understanding, I think, like, first I have to just make sure that I'm treating them well.
0: Yes, my hand is on my heart when you're saying that. It's beautiful. Really beautiful. What is, um what's a myth that you would like to debunk about Christian Christians?
1: Like, some of the, yeah. There's, <laughs> that's a great question. There's, <laughs> there's a lot. I think, I think it's a wonderful question because um, I think what people think of as of Christians as, falls under whatever experiences they've had or whatever they've seen in media. Right. Yeah. And that's a good one. Good yeah. Cause the, the reality is I don't think there's one type of Christian and the, the un, one of the unfortunate realities is that there's so many different denominations. So there's all these different types of Christians. And depending on where you've been or what church you've been under or what leadership you've been under um, you might come out a very different type of person. So for me, um, first of all, christian to me should be someone who follows christ and Mm. if you are a a follower of christ you should be a compassionate person and to me compassion is love and truth so Mm. if you're not someone that you know is is trying to love people and you're not trying to be you know honest and truthful to people then i this sounds harsh to say but i i i I always question people calling themselves a christian if they're not if those aren't things Mm -hmm. they're trying to do and and you might not be perfect at it. I'm not perfect at it, but I think that's what every Christian should be striving. So any Christian that you know spews hate, or harm, or violence, I, I really, um, I really take offense at that because I think they're they're damaging, um, you know God's the people's perception of God. That's not what God is. Um, that's mm. not what God wants his Christians to be. So I think any time a Christian does that, and the fact that there's a lot of people that have experienced pain from a christian that really hurts me so Mm. to me the the myth that that it's okay or that you know people expect christians to be you know anything but but um loving and caring and um delivering truth that that to me is a a myth for what a christian Mm. should be you know
0: Mm -hmm. i hear you on that on on the everyday with your family what Mm -hmm. forms of practice do you use what tools do you use other than the bible to Mm -hmm. to practice your faith
1: so, uh, for me, what I try to be is very practical. Um, mm. With my son, uh, like, especially during the pandemic, it's, it's when he sees people, how does he treat them? So, we try to wave or say hi, um, especially when we see people on walks. We go for walks as a family and we mm. try to wave at people and say bonjour or say, say hello um, so that um, he understands that we want to be people that bring people a smile, uh, especially mm. when we see, like, senior citizens around um yeah. i always try to make sure that they get a smile you know
0: yeah that's exactly how i was raised to always smile, smile at the um elderly yeah
1: i, I know there's you know you you want to you want to protect your kids and you want to 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 an extent teach them stranger danger but at yeah. the same time I, I want my kids to be people that you know kind of bring joy wherever they go yeah. so that's that's one of the things i think that we try to instill um we 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 pray with our, our, our kids at night, um, you know, before they go to bed. But I think it's, it's more just about trying to teach them to be, you know, loving people. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, he, my son's three and my daughter's nine months. So I think the more, you know, um, direct message are yet to come.
0: But yeah, that, yeah. I
1: think it's to be in that sense, just to be someone that hopefully brings joy to people.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Daniel Kwanzaa, thank you so much. For being here today, I would love for you to come back. I know your brothers on the lineup to to record, mm-hmm. and I'd love to have you both, uh, you know, talking about some serious topics. I don't know if that interests you.
1: Oh, definitely. I uh, I think this these are the kind of conversations that people need to hear. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, if 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 they never get to meet someone who falls under my categories, right? Uh, that they yeah. at least get someone's perspective. So I, I'm I'm here when you need me.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Everyone who's listening, please, please think about this question. What does spiritual parenting mean to you? Because whatever it is, just seek it, ask for it and do whatever it takes to make you shine. Thank you so much for listening, Daniel. Thank you for being here. Thank you. If you haven't added us already on Instagram, do it. We're at the Star Parent Podcast. Also, check out the links in this episode for the Redund Community Church YouTube channel. Pastor Jamie has some great messages that you can follow along all year long. Thanks.